nodding in and out of smiles like an archaeopteryx comedian. I need to stop drinking out the same water I'm puking in. Like a box of matches in a world of lighters, I'm a loser. Occasional robotic bloodhound, fully employed loser. A story with no plot. Yeah, I, uh, I got back in town. With no tricks, pulling a plot out of like two o'clock today, two thirty. As it increases, and it's so sad because like every time I go back, like I almost cry. Like I'm, I miss state so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, good, good memories. Uh, it's, it's funny. So I was talking with, with Ivy about this the other day, and I still follow the uh, Las Cruces Sun News on Facebook. Uh-huh. You know, from when we were in college and whatnot. Sure. And it's like, I don't know. I see the crime mm-hmm. exploding in Cruces. You know, whether it be drunk driving or murders, whatever it might be. And it's like, gosh, like all the memories I have of Cruces are kind amazing, of amazing. Right. Yeah. Or like, and, yeah. And they're, they're great memories. And then you see what's happening in Cruces now. And it's just like, ah, oh, bummer. But I don't know. Great times always yeah. have very incredibly. I uh, want to come memories. back so bad. And I'm like, I, I think I, I miss so much more than like Cruces. I miss college. And it's like, I just miss the fun times we had. I don't miss mm-hmm. school. Like I don't really, I don't know. It was like, we dealt with like bullshit, but it was so like minor in comparison to like adult problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it all comes down to the people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's what hit me after I graduated, and you know, st- obviously, you you keep in touch with kind of your clique, right? You know, good sure. handful group group of guys and girls that you're close with, and it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter where we were, right? You could have put yeah. us in Boise, Idaho. You could have put us in, yeah. Uh, well, Tempe would have been really nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but you could put us in Tucson, Arizona. Great you know, example, there, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you could put us anywhere, but as long as we had the people, you know, yeah. the, the the bros and and you know the people in our lives. Um, the times would have been the exact same, yeah, right? That's, that's what makes everything. So, Guys, uh, welcome in uh, to another episode of Escaping Tyranny. I'm joined alongside a friend of mine, Marcus Anderson. Marcus, cheers. Cheers, bro. Appreciate thanks, you thanks being on. Do me a favor and just move that mic like this way towards me just a smidge. Yep. I was oh. about to say, actually, a little bit more right there. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, just I like, because I, like, you come around the corner and all of a sudden you don't hear it as well. It's so weird. It. I don't, dude, I'm like... It looks like really professional, but I'm like working <laughs> off of like Radio Shack type shit right now. It's all like, good, bro. Yeah. So I don't know. What did you do right after you graduated? Where did where did you go? Where have you always just been in Texas, or like what's what's your scoop? No. So I went to go work for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So HP, okay. uh, you know, here in Albuquerque or Rio. Okay. The HP has a big big office. Um, I worked for the other branch of HP, which is HPE. Okay. And so I did inside inside sales for them for a year out in a place uh, that I never want to go back to called Conway, Arkansas. Nice. <laughs> uh, so small, small town in the south. Yeah. Uh, but that's where one of the inside sales centers was for HPE. Yeah. And so went to go work for there. And so I started in June of 15, right after graduation. And Damn. then in April of 16, mm-hmm. they bring us all into a big room. And it's like, hey, we sold you to another company. And you have a week and a half to accept this new job offer or else you're giving your voluntary resignation. Wow. And so that was their way around not having to give severance packages because they gave us an opportunity to take a new job with a new company. Right. And at that time, Ivy, my my wife, but at that time she was my, had I, yeah, I'd proposed her. So we were newly engaged at that point. Okay. Set to be married later that year. She was still finishing up grad school in South Carolina. So I was just in Conway on, on my own. And pretty much it was like, well, I didn't move to Conway, Arkansas to work for this other company. So Ivy, where do you want to go? Yeah. And she's like, well, we got, you know, quite a few friends in Dallas and you know, it's a place that she's enjoyed. Um, I'd been there a time or two, but hadn't spent a ton of time, but I knew there was a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, 
cool, we'll go to Dallas. And so I started looking uh, and, and trying to find a job in Dallas. And so um, found the company that I'm currently with, been there for about five years now, and have been in uh, technology sales, um, you know, since college, but, you know, with HPE for a quick stint and then moved over to, to Dallas. Is that what you went to college for? I guess I never really knew. No, I was PGM. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wait yeah. a minute. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I, I was PGM. Uh, and it's kind of a, you know, everything in life, in my opinion, happens for a reason and sure. certain things will happen in your life that doesn't don't necessarily make sense in the the present but makes sense down the road and i did one of my my third internship did at this very very nice club in northern california and a lot of new money a lot of tech money from the bay and about halfway through i was like two months in i just had like this light bulb went off and i was like i want to be the member i don't want to work for the member for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life and i love the golf industry will always love the golf industry golf is my number one passion but I just had that realization. I was like, yeah. I, I want to live that. I want to be on that side of things. And yeah. so um, I made the decision that hey, I'm going to finish out PGM, graduate PGM, but I don't want to be in that long term. And right. so that's where I made the pivot to sales. <laughs> um, honestly, it's super smart because like I think about that all the time where like my job, like I work with Red Bull in town. So like mm-hmm. I deal with the large chains, I deal with the, the Walmarts of the world. And that doesn't affect like my day-to-day life, right? There's some people that do on-premise sales and they have like they don't have to, but they go to the bars that like support them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I, w- I would like be frustrating to go to like a place that's like I was just fucking here for work. Like it like taints that like experience for you. you totally. Know? So like that that makes a lot of sense and that's dude, that's a smart pivot. Yeah. It that's a massive reason why people get burned out and lose the passion for what got them interested in going into whatever it is they go into. Yeah. Specifically with golf, it's like you're working long hours when you're in the golf industry, you know, you're working 14, 16 hour days, yeah. uh, 18 hour days sometimes. And y- you spend all your time there five, six days a week. And then it's like, on my day off, I don't want to go back to the golf course. Yeah. Right. So you Not lose that fire, you lose that passion for it. And for me, golf was such a pivotal part of my life yeah. that I was like, no, this needs to continue to be a hobby for me. It needs yeah. to continue to be fun for me. Right. And if I stay on this path, it won't be. Yeah. So we need, we need to make a change and figure it, figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like, I, I feel like that would be so not fun to deal with people that like, you know, if you work at a club, those people pay for a lot of those services. They pay to enjoy that and then pay a good amount of money. A lot of places mm-hmm. they pay a good amount of money. So any little thing that goes wrong, like, and you're the one that's getting like bitched at for like all of it. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people do have that experience where they are getting bitched at. Thankfully, the membership yeah. at that nice club I was at, it was, it was, it was a really family friendly friendly community, and people were really nice. They were multi multi like tens and hundreds of millionaires, a couple billionaires were were, were members there, yeah. but they were never they, they treated you as a person. That's and awesome. the, the aspect of the job, I really like providing an experience and service yeah. for people. Like I enjoy taking care of people right. and, and I enjoy trying to make them have a good time. Right. Um, but at the same time, you still are kind of working for, for them. them yeah. Right. And so there's a difference, right? It's a difference yep. when you're trying to do something out of the kindness of your heart yep. and when you're being forced to do something because somebody's signing your paycheck. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And like someone told me that years ago, like when I worked at camp was that, people like mistaken like oh what's your passion what's your passion what do you want to do like what's your passion it's like passion like doesn't like last that long like anyone can survive three months off passion Mm -hmm. but like purpose is like what gets you out of bed in the morning right it's like 
you fucking hate everything that you're doing, but that's your purpose, right? And that's back to like what you're saying. Providing an experience is like your purpose, but golf is a passion. It's like mm-hmm. it's good to like separate that work wise. You don't need to you don't yeah. need your passion to be your like work. Yeah. I I've been thinking about that uh, a few months ago, you know, before my daughter was born. You know, you're when you're in that limbo phase of Congrats, you know, you're by the way. thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You're in that limbo phase of, you know, your significant other being pregnant and just trying to think about like, what's life going to be like on the other side. And what I finally realized was, you know, to your point, you don't need to make a job out of what it is that you're passionate about, but you need to find that purpose and then do it, do whatever you need to do to achieve that purpose. Right. So for me, I could give two shits what it is that I do to bring money in as long as that money I'm making enough money to live the lifestyle I want to and it's going to be providing for my family yep. that's what I care about right, right. I'll, I'll I'll scrub grout on tile for 200 grand a year 100 yeah if that means that I can take care of you know the the four walls inside of my house so you know some people are they they want whatever it is that they do to be that passion that's totally cool yeah and if it but works for, some, for you it works yeah. for you and for some people though you know for me a job is a means to an end yeah. and as long as you know, it, it provides and then I'm cool with it, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Now, if I'm, if I'm good at it or I like it, you know, those are all positives. Works. Exactly. But, you know, choices. But what, uh, what annoying shit have you started doing since becoming a dad? Annoying shit. What, what do you mean by that? I feel like fucking parents are like, Oh yeah, they're 72 days and four hours old. It's like they're oh. fucking, <laughs> so they're four days old. <laughs> There, there might be something that I've done or we will do, uh-huh. uh, but there are a couple things that I specifically, me and Ivy have agreed on that we won't do. Love it. One of those being the um, posting a picture when they're like three weeks old or four <laughs> weeks old with the little like, you know, yeah. uh, the, color the, blocks. Oh, what's the, um, yeah, the, the color blocks or the, um, the, the boards that the says board. like, yeah, like the bulletin board. I like to giggle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like blah, blah, blah. Here's my hobby. I start, yeah. You know, hey different strokes for, yeah, for yeah, different yeah. folks um i personally think a lot of that is just pandering to i want to get likes yeah, so i'm true. gonna put that put that out there and no offense to anybody listening that has done that all or, the or will do that listening um, like, fuck that but that is one of the things that we're like we're not doing that right 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 um but i'm sure i'm sure there's something i'm doing i don't know yeah. like i said the, the last three and a half weeks have been a blur i'm yeah. um, trying to thankfully i have paternity to leave and i'm able to not work as much as I would regularly. Yeah. But, um, it's been a blur. So, yeah. you know, just trying to figure out what, what shoe yeah. is goes on my left foot and my right foot right now. And 100%. trying to get four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. <laughs> four hours of sleep sounds awful, man. Like, but I mean, there's like, there's gotta be a part of you though. That's just like, no, this is also fantastic. It, it's cool. It's pretty surreal yeah. uh, feeling and experience when you, when you are tired and, you're going through that uh, for me and Ivy personally. So, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit. Sure. Me and me and I, me and my wife, we experienced um, a couple miscarriages last year. And oh, a few. yeah. So, wow. so we had two miscarriages last year and just the battle. We, we had a lot of infertility issues before that even. Mm. So just getting to the point of being pregnant was a struggle, was, was a challenge and a, and a struggle. Sure. And then to go through that, that, you know, loss was, you know, totally rocked our world. Yeah. So, fast forwarding to where we are now we're thankful that we get to be tired yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. we're thankful we get to be in that position and and she's she's a blessing and you know when when we are running off an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep and she's crying and you know fussing and you can't really figure out what's, what's going on um 
you know, like I said, we're just thankful to be in that position because yeah. we've been in a, you know, we've been in a spot where we would give anything to be where we are now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, no life's, life's good, man. Very, very thankful, blessed and, and happy to, to see what the future holds. Maybe that's not like annoying dad shit. Cause like I do that shit where it's like, I'll find a situation where everyone in the room is pissed off, just like upset. And I'm like, you know what? Like we should be grateful for this. And people are like, <laughs> fuck you i'm tired so it's like maybe that's maybe that's your little your little charm right now yeah yeah i i've been known at work uh my teammates they call me positive patty that's my nice that's been my nickname for years now because i tend to be that guy which you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't (laughs) i'd I'd much rather be that guy than the guy that comes in it's just like fuck man like i paid 70 cents more per gallon today like or like whatever you know what i mean like the guy that comes in just bitches about everything it's like man i i mean 70 degrees outside right now like there's blue skies there's <laughs> like, a lot there's a lot of people in the world going through a lot worse things than paying a thousand know, percent. extra 70 cents for gas or you know having a three and a half week old you know keep you up the majority of the night a lot, a lot of people going through some shit so yeah. it's important that we remind ourselves of that on a, on a constant basis but yeah what uh did you guys ever think of adopting was that ever something in the back of your head or um as it, was it something we talked about yes uh, we we really wanted to continue to go down the path of yeah. trying to you know have have our own kid uh, first and you know I would have absolutely if that was the last resort and you know just wasn't going to be able to work yeah. uh, naturally then I absolutely would have been down for it yeah uh, but I think we were just pushing so hard for like you know we're just gonna I have the hope that it was going to work yeah um, that we didn't really get too far down that path uh, but. Yeah, I mean, adopting. I, my aunt and uncle adopted two two girls. They're both sisters, so I saw what that process was like. The transition, challenging, yeah. very very challenging. Yeah, and it's it's not as easy as saying like, oh hey, you know, you're gonna get a potty trained, and you know, you're not gonna have to go through that baby phase with kids. Uh, you, you, it's it it comes with its own unique challenges. Sure. Um, and so we just hadn't got there yet, but uh, definitely wouldn't put it out of the equation. You know, if things continued on the path that they were <laughs> yeah i mean it makes sense i've i've always uh i've always like thought like I'll, i i and i've never gone through the process of adoption or like knowing how much it costs because like i've seen that as well as people are like oh we paid a lot of money to like have a child mm-hmm. and so it's like super easy for me right now no girlfriend no wife being like oh yeah someone will adopt like super easy to kind of like think that or say that but i think i i want to adopt one at mm-hmm. least like i think that like there's just something so pure about that yeah it's it's i mean you're changing life right you're, you're yeah. giving hope 100%. for a life that may have not had that otherwise so it's an incredibly honorable and commendable act yeah and uh that's that's fabulous that, yeah that, that warms my heart to hear that let's uh let's kind of direct past because i was like we'll thinking pivot. about this as soon as <laughs> and i'm like i'm excited for you i'm not like let's just stop talking about your baby dude no i'm just kidding the uh no but i was thinking about this on the way and i was like I was like, oh yeah, like Marcus Anderson's a Broncos fan. I was like, dude, you guys are leading the division right now. We've played I, three terrible teams though, so I'm and not won. too excited. Yeah, and won. we, we won. <laughs> You're won. not, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're still gonna miss the playoffs. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing though. Is like, I think people don't really give the NFL the respect it deserves because, like, you see like the Alabamas of the world that like shit on every team, and then like, but people think like Mizzou and the New York Jets are even remotely the same. It's like. No, it's not even close. Like no. the NFL is still tough to win games. Like hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I just like have such a, I have such a tough time when people talk about the NFL. Like, 
oh, we played shit teams. Or like when the Steelers were 11-0 and last year, they're like, oh, look at their record. It's like, yeah, I see 11 NFL teams. Like, teams that are Fair. in the NFL. Fair. I, I, I hear you there. Yeah. I hear you. And, you know, the argument that some people make, like, hey, could Alabama go beat the Ellen 16 Lions or whatever it was, you know, yeah. when, when that conversation was, was a reality. No, I don't think Alabama could have done that because the NFL is a whole different tier, right? You're, a thousand percent. It's just a whole different ball game, different world. Um, but that being said, all of the teams that we beat, so we beat um, Giants, Jets today, and then I uh, forget who we beat in week two, uh, Jacksonville. Did we beat Jacksonville? I, I forget. Checks out. Uh, checks out, yeah. Um, none of them have won a game to this day, right? They're all. That's also fair. They're all winless um, yeah. through through the week, week three. So, you know, there is something to be said for playing really bad teams in the NFL. That's true. And we have the talent on our roster to be competitive, yeah. and we should beat those teams, but we're not even close to the top 25% of the league, in my opinion, yeah. to be competitive. To some extent, though, it's got to feel good to be at the top or tied for the top when the Chiefs are literally holding up the bottom right now. We will cherish this time. I was about to say, you we'll got to celebrate while you can. <laughs> yes. What's the, like, have you ever gone to a Broncos game? Have you ever been to Denver to Mile High? Yeah, so I grew up in Colorado. Um, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yep, so I grew up in Colorado Springs. And I'd say I've probably been to 15 to 20 games in oh, my wow. life. Yeah. Um, so decent amount, both at the old, uh, old Mile High Stadium and then at the new Invesco, um, or I guess it used to be called Invesco. I don't know what it's called today. Um, but, yeah, I've been to a lot of games. Atmosphere's nuts, awesome. Been to Monday night games when it's been blizzarding. and Oh, wow. I'm trying to think. The last Monday night game that the, or, the original Mile High Stadium had was against the Raiders. Blizzard, like... You know, can't see can't see anything on the field, right? It was yeah. in between commercial timeouts. They were sweeping the at, you know five yard increments, and um, yeah, those are some some great great memories. Even though I yeah. thought I was gonna get frostbite, but I uh, the first NFL game I ever went to um, was Dallas Denver uh, when Roma was there. Yeah, forty eight fifty one game. Was no, it that game? No, I w- that that was in Dallas. Oh, that sorry. one. I, I thought that, I said no, 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 My yeah. bad, my bad. No, no, no you're good. Yeah, yeah. That uh. I, to be honest, I don't want to go to the Dallas Stadium to watch a game. Like, I've been there and I've taken a tour, and it's cool. But it's like, there's something about, like, Mile High where it's just fans watching the game. Because so much of, like, Dallas is a fucking circus. It's, I hate that shit. It's an entertainment product. Yeah, and, and I get it because, you know, especially for people that may not, like, really enjoy football. Or even for, like, a casual fan. Like, going to a game is so much more difficult watching football like if you go soccer right i can go watch like new mexico united right now mm-hmm. i don't really need a commentator sometimes it's nice like if there's something i don't understand yeah. that just happened or there's a replay or whatever football is difficult even like i enjoy football but it's like difficult to follow at times like why is this happening or you know what yardage are they at or whatever it's like it's it's not an easy thing to like show live i guess the, the viewing experience is tenfold at home on yeah. your on your TV mm-hmm. than it is in person. Now yep. there's something to be said. Like if I'm gonna go to a game, yeah. Um, like sure, I, I have ties to, to 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 the Broncos, so I'd love to go to a game there. But yeah. if I'm gonna choose any other stadium, it's probably gonna be Vegas's. Yep, the Raiders' new stadium, or yep. it's gonna be AT and T, just because yep. the, the overall experience is such that I don't need to be as tuned into the game yes. to still enjoy myself. Yes, and and, and 
you know, and yeah, just enjoy things. Right. Yeah. Um, but if I have the choice, I'm going to sit on my couch where I can, you know, pause and yeah. rewind 15 seconds, go, go to the bathroom if I need to go to the whatever. bathroom and not have to pay $10 for a beer 100%. or $15 for a hot dog, whatever yeah. it might be. So, and I mean like that, I, like, but that being said, you know, we went to Denver, we watched Dallas lose. They called like the same, it was like uh fourth quarter, I don't know, eight seconds left in the game or whatever. They ran like the same slant play twice in a row. Mm-hmm. We lose to Denver stadium goes nuts. And I'm like, it sucked to lose. Cause like nobody likes to fucking lose, but all of the Denver fans were just insane. Mm-hmm. And at the time I'm in eighth grade. I'm like, fuck this dude. Like fuck the Broncos. I'm all <laughs> mad. But like looking back, I'm like, no, that's the way like fan had like, fans should be mm-hmm. i think that like you get that with like denver and you get that with like pittsburgh like those diehard like they actually came to the game mm-hmm. like the packers i guarantee it's not as much of a circus as like dallas right like those people in lambo they came for the fucking game yeah they didn't come for you yeah there's definitely a an added element of, of passion for for the cause right for yeah. the team um i hear you and that's there is no substitute for in-person sporting events. Right. The atmosphere aspect. Right. Right. And, you know, you're probably, to your point, you're going to have a different experience if you go to uh, Denver or Pittsburgh or, um, you know, what's, what's another good football? The, those Even two, like Chiefs, like, right? Yeah, like, the Chiefs. You know, oh, yeah, that, right. that type of environment, you're going to have a much different experience than if you go to, uh, you know, Chargers game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if you go to the Chargers game, like, I feel like I still feel like they don't have like real fans and I'm not even making fun of them. It's just like they like they just seem like a team without a home, even though they clearly have a home now. It's like they, they don't really have an identity, so to speak. Totally. Every it's time the Broncos weird. play the at the Chargers, wherever they end up, you know, wherever their stadium is now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when they pan around the crowd, there's always more orange. Yeah. Then there is, you know, the yellow or, or powder blue. Right. Um, although Chargers new uniforms are super sick. I, I love them. They're so I love them so, so fucking much. <laughs> um, but there's more Bronco fans than there are Chargers fans yeah. at, you know, when the Chargers are at home. Um, but yeah, there's an you know, element of passion that's important. Yeah, absolutely. What's the coolest sporting event that you've been to? Ooh. Uh, so I have a few. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So two. I'll I'll, cool. I'll, I'll do two. Um, both of them ha- happened to involve NMSU. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, first one was Labor Day weekend of my senior year of college. So twenty thirteen, my first senior year. Right. Good clarification. <laughs> um, tw- twenty thirteen, we played at UT. Oh, okay. And yeah, uh, was lucky enough to acquire some field passes. No shit. And so uh, there was a handful of us that made the trip down. And I think we had like three or four field passes. So not everyone could go at the same time. Sure. But uh, we rotated out and the people didn't have field passes. We were in like the third row. Yeah. Um, on one of the end zones. Um, Still not a bad spot to be at, right? Not a bad spot to be at. Number one, it was my first. I had gone to a couple of bigger college games prior to that. Sure. But just being in the field, you know, when you're standing on the sideline, just looking up at the massive bowl around you. Of, yeah. You know, just once again, passion, right? And the, yeah. And the loudness and the chaos that was a really cool experience slightly better than that though was 2016 fall of 2016 and msu played texas a&m and i was in texas at this point and so me rob uh justin nick Enabo, and andy delgado um we all all had field passes oh wow um, shout out robbie gallagher and <laughs> um 
and Just pulling the uh, strings, man. Yeah, and we were on the field for the entire game, and the element of the tailgating experience at well both UT as well as A and M yeah was really really cool. Uh, but then being on the field with A and M, you know, they're known for their chance um, yep. in the in the student section and, or really the whole stadium. But that was just no words can really describe that that yeah. feeling and like got goosebumps just standing there, just like looking up like around, what the like fuck? wow, like I'm I'm here, I'm in the middle yeah, of all yeah, of this, yeah. right? And then once again, being on the field to see those athletes, yep, it, at full speed is intense, really really cool, really really cool. I uh, so when I worked at Pine Cove in Tyler, Texas A&M was the most hired college student like throughout all camps. Right. Cause they like, there's, I don't know. Now they think they have like 12 individual camps, mm-hmm. but A&M hired the most kids and like, they, they always have like a top 10. So like Texas tech was like on that list. Um, UT was, but like, it was like Arkansas, at, like number three with like 20 kids. It was Baylor at like 140 kids. And then A&M with like 370. <laughs> and I never met cooler people than I did the people that went to Texas A&M. Because they were <laughs> just so like gung-ho about everything. And just like that's that's like my personality. This podcast is probably just yeah. not like showing that. But like I enjoy yeah. people that get fucking rowdy. It's in their blood. For, for lunch. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, we have biscuits today. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's my shit. Well, you know the – before you're a freshman at AM, and I might butcher this, but you go to, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, fish but it's, camp. Fish camp. That's right. Yeah, fish camp. Right. What, what school does that, right? Right. You know, and, and if you go to something like that, you do something like that, like, yeah, it's going to be in my blood that yeah. I'm A&M through yep. and through forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you better know all the chance. And yep. I am going to get rowdy for biscuits at lunch, right? Right. Um, they are very, once again, they're passionate, but they're proud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. Uh, A&M. Uh, yep. Aggies and... Um, yeah, it's it, they're good people. I yeah, you know, it, when you meet, there's definitely a certain stereotype at least in Texas for people that that, that go to A and M or in, graduate in from A and M. Enlighten me. Um, I would say it's actually somewhat similar to the Crucis Cowboy, if you will. Okay. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, the people that live in Crucis and yeah. they're cowboys and um, just good old boys, just you know, jacked up truck, yeah. and <laughs> boots and jeans and uh, a button down, long sleeve button down when it's a double double wielding degrees. flags that are like probably a Texas flag, an American flag, or like a Trump flag, probably. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right? There's definitely a stereotype. Um, if you can find people that are outside of that stereotype, sure, great people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not saying the Cowboys aren't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you know, they those people. No, they uh, <laughs> the ones that actually like frustrated me the most were the kids that went to Baylor. It was just like this, like we're so much better than you attitude. I felt like that all the time. I work with so many Baylor people. What is your impression? They're, they're really good people. I I love Baylor grads. Um, You know, I think to a certain extent, and I wouldn't say that this is the people that I necessarily know because a lot of really close friends of mine at my company graduated from Baylor. Um, But you're going to have an aggregate, right? So this sure. isn't, I'm not calling anybody out, but yeah, in aggregate, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to have down to the a different, uh, just a different type of person that maybe goes to a Baylor or an SMU or a TCU. Yeah. Then an NMSU or a Texas state yeah. or whatever, right? It's just sure. it's slightly, you know, typically an aggregate, right? I'm not calling yeah, anybody yeah. out, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you need additional resources to go to schools like that. Yes. And 
sometimes when you have resources like that, your upbringing may be slightly different. Thus, yeah. your perspective on the world might be slightly different. hundred percent. Thus, giving you a different uh, way of viewing life. Yes. So that's my most PC way I can answer that. I love every bit of that. It's so elo- eloquently <laughs> way to say that they're a bunch of fucking assholes. No, the uh, there is the very first introduction I had with Baylor or people from Baylor was this one girl after she was just just got done with her freshman year. I just got done with my sophomore. Right, New Mexico State is not an expensive school. Mm-hmm. I took out student loans. Like I'm doing okay. Like it, it's nowhere in comparison. So I can kind of feel for this girl after her freshman year she had two scholarships i don't even remember what they added up to but essentially it paid for one semester and after that year she still had forty thousand dollars of student loan debt doesn't surprise me and i was like what the hell and she like was telling us and she had like actually she had friends there i say actual friends because like i went there i didn't know anybody but like she had friends that were there and she was like yeah guys like i'm i'm transferring to um utsa Mm -hmm. she's like i like it's going to be significantly cheaper. It's going to be like six grand a semester opposed to 40 grand a semester. And I told her, I was like, I do do your thing. Cause it's like, could you imagine graduating 80,000 like each year? Like that is so much fucking money. It's, it's crippling. Right? It's a hundred percent. You got to pay all that back. It's crippling. She was and, and, and you know, she was dating someone that was going to work at a church, which cool. I have no problem with that. Not a lot of money at though. but you're, <laughs> but you're, yeah, you're going to be underneath debt. Yep forever mm-hmm. and i like told her like and all of her friends proceeded to go yeah but the degree you get from baylor i was like is the same degree i will get like i don't care what anyone yeah. says because i was like dude that is so much fucking money that sounds miserable the, like to the, say the least yeah the name of your school might can have an impact on yeah. your first job out of school sure past your first job out of school yeah no one gives a shit nope no one gives a shit yep so yeah, go get go get a degree, four year degree from a UTSA or NMSU, whatever, whatever that you yeah. can afford. And yeah, you know, if you have to take out loans, you won't be crazy in debt. You can get out of it in, in, in a few years after school. Um, and yeah, don't don't start your adult life with two hundred thousand dollars of of a weight on your shoulders that you have to figure out a way to crawl out of, right? Yep. And it might not be able to for ten years. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, no no one cares after your first job. I was about to say like. People don't realize that six months grace period ends pretty fucking quick. Like after you graduate, sure does. Sure <laughs> it does. comes up pretty fast. Uh-huh. Yeah. I uh, again, I'm gonna pivot here because uh, yeah. you eloquently answered this question, <laughs> dude. There's something about you that drives me fucking crazy because like you are so smooth with your words. You just like you're <laughs> such an intimidating fucking dude. I remember playing golf with you at New Mexico State, and then just like. Like just just the the presence of you, like I was like, fuck, man, like I'm gonna shoot so bad. On top of how bad I already was gonna shoot. Was that one of the White Rose weekends? That yeah, it was me and Nick and a boy. I think. Yep, oh, that was fun. That's fun. That, well, uh, I appreciate that. I I hope I don't mean to come off intimidating, but unfortunately, it's not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of people when they came to the chapter a few years after they came to the chapter, sure, they're like, man, I was scared shitless of you yeah. for the longest time and in no way like do i ever think that you were you know like like puffing your chest and you know like hey like that's my seat like not like you know in, in no way were you ever demeaning to anyone or anything like that a very kind person but just you like and it's a good thing like you demand that respect so to speak and it's just like fuck dude like <laughs> i remember we were uh, teeing up and uh everyone was playing the tips and then we get to the second hole, 
and we just happened to be like playing after a tournament so there was like a car that was like showcased like because if you got a hole in one you would win the car that's right (laughs) and that was right in front of the tips but behind the blues and i was like i don't give a fuck what anyone says like i'm hitting from the blues because i will shake and hit that car like that is my personality yeah i don't want to i don't have to replace a door panel with a big old ding or anything like that a door panel or a fucking window like i would my luck i would knock out not just one but two windows like i would fucking kill that car oh, man no that was, that was a fun day that was, yeah, that was, was. a fun day that's good to get to go play a few holes with some guys yeah for oh, sure you mind handing me another drink yeah i got you man yeah, you want a Miller Lite? You want ranch water? I'll take ranch water. Got it. What's with what's people in Texas loving their ranch water? I got to admit, man, I got turned on to ranch waters only a few months ago. I'd, I'd heard about it for years, but then my mother-in-law was in town, and she was like, I want to make ranch water. Sure. I was like, great. Never had it. It's my new favorite drink. Now, these ones that you buy in the store are not as good as a homemade one, in my opinion. Yeah. But does the job. Is it actual tequila or is it... Um... It says there's agave in there. I, okay. It, it says it's a hard, hard seltzer though. Um, so I don't know. I, I yeah. think this is kind of a, a knockoff version of you making it from scratch at home. Because essentially it's just tequila and seltzer, right? Tequila. So the way that we made it is tequila, Topo Chico, and lime juice. Okay. Yeah. 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 So fabulous. Yeah. Now that I'm 29 years old, I'm watching my calories and watch my sugar intake because yeah. hangovers when you drink are oh. now unbearable. Yep. Uh, so low sugar, low calorie, and delightful. Yeah. Can't can't beat it. Might as well enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was hungover yesterday, and like it's so funny because you know you play that game of like, okay, how much did I actually drink? <laughs> and you're like, okay, no, I only had like five beers, and you're like, oh, we did take that shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did do this. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, but even then that's not that much. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't eat like since like breakfast, mm-hmm. like oh. shit, like that's that shit piles up quickly. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't, I can't do that shit anymore. I, I mean, well, now that I have a three and a half week old at home, yeah, being hungover and being woken up and like having to, you know, go be a dad and stuff. Yeah. Being hungover during that scares me so much yeah. that I don't. I will not get drunk unless either my wife is like, you know, your night, I'll take care of the morning, and or we, we have, like, a, a babysitter, right? Or sure. grandma's going to take care of, of, of her or something like that. Like, I, it scares me shitless to yeah. think about having to take care of a kid hungover. I think, Kate, like, taking care of a kid sober sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, they're not that bad at this stage outside sure. of them, outside of you not getting a lot of sleep. It's, sure. It's pretty simple. They sleep, they eat, and they poop. Yeah. Right? So Maybe not as, always in that order? N- definitely not always yeah. in that order. <laughs> um, but as long as you can get them on like a schedule and, and you have a you know a teammate, right, to, to handle it with, your significant other, it makes things a lot easier. But right now sure. it's pretty easy. It's just a matter of like adjusting to this new way of life. And, yeah. um, you know, kind of referring back to what we said earlier, like we're so thankful to be in this par- part of, you know, our life that it's cool, right? What, yeah. Whatever. Um We'll, we'll go we'll take the punches as they come yeah what like what is the most shocking part to you so far about being a dad is there anything that like happened you're like oh i did not expect that good bad or whatever just um the delivery experience was pretty pretty intense yeah um, so our ivy went into labor so quickly um that from the time she had like her first like legit painful contraction to deliver like 
Willow being in our arms was less than six hours. Oh wow, which is pretty quick for first yeah. first baby first delivery. Because they, I looked this up recently. I remember we were talking about it, and I think that's what shocked me. It was like it take like it's typically like nine hours, isn't it? Like first contraction to delivery at least. I think it varies, right? That sure. average. It's probably an average. And, sure. Yeah. Every pregnancy and every woman is, is going to be different. But for a first kid, at least what we hear and what we've been told, a first kid typically takes longer to to you know go through labor all the way. Uh, but this happened so quick that, it, you know, Ivy had no 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 epidural, no pain. Oh, uh, wow. Painkillers. She did it purely natural. And then just watching it, I thought I would be a little squeamish. Maybe, maybe this is something that surprised me. I'm pretty squeamish in general. Yeah. And so I was always wondering, like, how am I going to be able to handle watching sure. that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had, you know, Ivy was holding my hand and I still had a view of what was going on down south. Sure. And um, watching it actually didn't phase me, like, even at all, which was a positive surprise to me. Yeah, for sure. I was like, oh man, I'm not even able to look down there, right? So yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I might pass out, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're. That's you're, the last thing you fucking need is yeah. doctors paying attention to you, right? While your wife's yeah, delivering. yeah. Take attention away from wife that's pushing out a, a you know, a child. Yeah. Um, but you're just in action mode, right? Sure. And so that didn't even phase me at all. And yeah. If you haven't seen a delivery, um, I, I don't I don't encourage you to go yeah, YouTube yeah. it. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff going on down there. Sure. And that was just like it was just kind of shocking right sure. but you know i showed up i had my game face on yeah. i was there there for her and um that was uh just a, a whirlwind yeah at all but i would say another shocking thing is time has just flown by since yeah. since we had her um it's like my, my mother-in-law said it best they are long days but like short months or short yeah. years yeah. and that rings so true because in the moment you're so tired you're just trying to stay on top of adjusting and taking care of everything in your house and you know, making sure your wife's okay and making sure your, your, your child's okay. And it seems like it's, it takes so long in the time in the meantime, but then I blink and it's been a month already, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Like every, like in the moment you're like, it's probably such like a hyper focus, your, your attention, even adrenaline, man. Yeah. And, and even in that moment of like, you're just changing like a diaper, mm -hmm. like, especially right now, there's gotta be some party that's like, Oh wow. Like, you're like, or, or you treat it like as such a fragility, like you, you know, I don't want to break a bone yeah. or like whatever. You're just so, so soft with everything. You like, have this thing that's so dependent yes. on you. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a baby. They're so yeah. fragile. They're yeah. so fragile. Um, it's, there's kind of two, two sides of that token, right? Babies are, their kids are just resilient in general sure. for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, like if you don't feed them every three, four hours, like, yeah, there's, there's a problem there, right? Yeah. You got to go fix that. And their bones, right? They have over, sorry, your random fun fact of the day, but nice. babies when they're born have over 300 bones, whereas oh, we shit. have like just over 200, like 206, 207, something like that. Um, but their body is just like mush right now. Right. And they have so soft, soft spots. They have like gaps in their skull right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you can press on that soft spot a little bit. It's like, holy shit, your brain is like right there. I need to, I need to candle. I know, you where, I, I know need, where that is right. Yeah, there. need need a fragile sign on on your body at all times. So that that part is a little weird because you're just like, yeah, can't trip, right? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, like be an athlete. We're we're moving our feet, right? picking up our feet, right? no dragging. Mm -hmm. Uh, apparent like or the the story goes about like my sister being born that the placenta came very quickly. And came first oh and hit the ground and slid across the floor to which my dad was who was baby. sleep deprived 
thought it was. Oh god. Thought it was my sister. Oh god. And just goes ah, like freaking out. <laughs> oh gosh. So when you say like the intensity, like I'll never forget my dad like telling that story, and then like my granddad also thought it was the child right away. Like uh, I was like, well, yeah. Fuck? I mean, you have no reason not to. <laughs> yeah, right? like, you're just like ah, like. <laughs> oh my gosh, that. Yeah, the, yeah, that that would freak me out. Another thing that was kind of freaked me out in the moment was our doctor when she was pulling or he was pulling her head yeah out it wasn't like a you know push and like we're just gonna like be there to like like catch it catch the baby yeah he was like pulling on her head. yeah like and it was, i was like oh my god yeah like, you're gonna yank her that's spine right that's out my of child sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we were just talking about being fragile yeah and he's just i, I know man it, it, that was that was i random thing that i was just like shocking but yeah all worked out obviously that uh <laughs> i wonder if like to some extent if that's like a comfort thing for like the woman as well or like the mother like hey let's let's get this child out like the longer we just sit like it's got to be awful yeah like, just the um, immense like pain dude there are a few times in my life where i've felt helpless before yeah but like when she was going through her contractions like you just know how much pain she was in and i was like oh my gosh i just want this to be over for your sake yeah um also but, for mine <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i can't really talk i had a yeah, yeah. I had nine months of you know i could still have a beer every now and then and sure. um you know wasn't growing a human inside of me but um as soon as she got out and they put her on my wife's chest right after like all that pain went away. Yeah. And that was the coolest. I'll never forget that seeing Ivy's face. As soon as Willa got put on her chest, like oh, just wow. the biggest smile ever. I'll never forget. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the, the shorter that experience can be better for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to Zach and I, I can't remember who said it. Uh, he may have told me, I don't know if uh, someone else told him or, or whatever, but essentially I feel so bad for Ellie because like he did, what two percent of the work and his son looks just like him <laughs> like she did like it's like that group project in school that right. like you didn't do any of the work but got all the credit yeah yeah like who does she look more like you or ivy um so that's been a big topic of conversation not in a bad way but she has like my i gotta get this right she has my nose <laughs> this she is had, recorded forever like, yeah this is gonna get back she has my nose right now yeah. she has kind of a mixture between my lips and ivy's lips yeah um past that, i've never been good at like like oh my gosh you look so much like your mother or so much like your sister i've never yeah, been good yeah. at that for the record so this is all what i've been told yeah, um, yeah from family and 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 ivy but it's weird she'll go through days apparently where she looks more like me yeah and then more like ivy the next day yeah um right and they're, they're growing so much and just you know i wouldn't say her personality is apparent now because she's three and a half weeks old but sure you know, doing things, becoming more alert, looking at you in certain ways and, you know, slightly more facial expressions at this point um, where you can see little quirks and like how their face is, is constructed. So I would say right now it's kind of like 50 50. But um, thankfully, Ivy really doesn't care. She's like, you know, what? I'd be so happy if she looked just like you. Yeah. Which I wouldn't because she'd be a little, little, little <laughs> ugly. But um, but thankfully, you know, she's not uh, not too caught up on 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 that part of it. That's also the annoying shit you have to do as a dad is be like, oh, you know, she's got to look more like mom. Like, <laughs> smart, though, because if this is ever played, you know, you'd be like, oh, no, I, I said this on a recording. I cover my bases. Yeah, exactly. Bases. Yeah. Smart, smart, man. What is something that you want to do or something that is like super important for you as a dad? Like, I feel like there's some things that like me as like a dad, like 
if I ever have a daughter, like I'm telling her right away, like, oh, that boy was mean to you. Uh, fucking leave him alone then. <laughs> like, no, he, he's not mean to you because he likes you. He's a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. that, I just I've already like made up my mind about that. Like, don't let don't let dickhead guys like treat you like dickheads. Like, yeah. you know, so that's okay. one thing. Yeah, I kind of think about this in two different uh, categories, if you will. One, so I didn't grow up with a dad. I don't know my dad. Okay. And so that was just gone from my life. So part of me is a little scared, to be completely honest, of like, sure. I, I don't know what this playbook looks like, right? And I don't yeah. think really anybody knows what the playbook of parenting looks like until you actually go through it. But, you know, I have father figures in my life, but sure. I've never had like that one father figure, yeah. um, like my, my biological dad in my life. So part of me is like, shit, like I, I'm going to try my best, but like, you know, you're, there's a little bit of anxiety there sure. thinking like, I've, I don't, I haven't really seen this firsthand. So maybe I don't want to mess this up. So that's yeah, not yeah. one thing. So just being there and like trying my best to devote my attention and time towards whatever she wants to do in her life is something that I will, that, that it'll just be very, very important for me to do that. Yeah. That's one. Um, the other one is something me and Ivy have talked about is when it comes to like how we raise our kids because i think we can agree there's a lot more shitheads in this world now than there was like 30 years ago right just from like people not having manners or feeling entitled or whatever lacking respect um there's a couple of like core values that ivy and i have talked about that like will be the the pillars of like what we teach her it's like hey if nothing else she will be respectful she will be grateful and she will, you know, be, you know, I forget, I forget, uh, this is terrible. I forget. What the third <laughs> one is this one. But, um, you mean to cut this part out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, respectful, grateful. And, um, and, uh, I, I think there's like work ethic or something like that. I'll, I'll double check my wife. Yeah. She runs, she runs the house anyways. Get back to us. We'll, um, we'll yeah, we'll get it. back to so. you on that one. But, uh, but those pillars, those foundational pillars is like, if all else fails, once again, we just want to make sure we hit those things and yeah. ensure that like she, we drill that home. Yeah. And if we do that, then we can be like, okay, like we, we set her up with the best foundation. Cause at a certain point, they're gonna, still your own person. You, yeah. You're still your own person and, and you're going to leave the house, right? Parents yeah. can't, can't like, they got to grow into their own person. So as long as you set them with the right foundation, which, you know, all of our parents try to do to the best of their abilities, then, you know, be there to support them as they grow older. But um, yeah, you're going to be your own person. You're going to make your own decisions and, you know, there's only so much control we have over that as they get older. Yeah. There's a, there was a dad that I met that they have a saying in their house, which like, I like want to adopt as well. And just even for my own like person is just, uh, when asked to do things, we do it right away all the way with happy heart. I'm like, I think it's a very fair way to like, think about stuff. You know, if you're in work and your boss asks you to do something, you know, granted the right away part might not be as available. Maybe sure. it's something that we do, but we attack it all the way and we do it with a happy heart. A lot of life works better that way. For I think. sure. You yeah. Know? That's, there's definitely some really good things to take away from that. I like yeah. That. I, uh, I didn't know that about you. Um, that you didn't know your dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know my bio- uh, biological father either. Oh, sick. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers man. <laughs> Fucking dads, dude. Right. Fucking daddy issues. Yeah. We, we all got them. <laughs> we all got them. I was about to say, but, um, my, my dad, Mm-hmm. uh adopted me so mm-hmm. i um i still grew up with a dad uh, people call him my stepdad or like when i like explain that sure and you know in technicality sure like i don't i don't hate that people think that but you know i tell people like that's my dad yeah like, he raised me yeah. he's there there is no other definition for me but yeah. 
you know, I I get that in in the not knowing your biological father, but I grew up with a dad. Yeah. You oh, know? it's great. Yeah. yeah. You're you're totally right when it comes to and the closest thing I can um, compare it to or have like directly compared to in my life is so I, I'm also an only child okay. but when I went to college and you know was in the fraternity like there, there are people in the fraternity that I consider my family like, yeah there's no ifs ands or buts they are my brothers sure and I have never had a brother so or sister so I can't necessarily say with 100% confidence of this but like in my head I, I treat them as they're, they're my family. Right. right. And, and just like you and your dad, you know, maybe in technicalities, it, it isn't the truth, but sure. he's your dad at the yeah. end of the day. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Is there any part? So like, I just kind of had this thought process and there could be no validity to this at all, but do you feel like what other sports did you do growing up? So I played, so I, re- I wrestled a little bit, not for as long or as serious as you did, sure. uh, wrestled for a little bit, golf, obviously football, uh, those were the three main ones growing up. Do you, so you played football through high school or you played? So I, I played pretty much since I could walk all the way up till eighth grade. And then when I went to high school, golf and uh, football were at the same same time. And oh, okay. I, I had to pick one or the other. So I went golf, but uh, football was, was a very big aspect of my, my upbringing. Yeah. Do you feel to like any like extent, being an only child, you felt more comfortable in like a solo like environment? Or did you... Or does that like have any bearing on like how you felt in like a competitor sense or anything like that? Um, I, I think in a sense, if you are an only child, you're kind of forced for, in a, maybe from like a socialization perspective. Yeah. Um, you're forced to like be uncomfortable, right? When you yeah. have a brother or sister that you're really close to, you can always kind of lean on them as like your, your safe space, if you will. Right. They, sure. they are your comfort um, yeah. and can lean on them for a lot of social aspects of your life. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have that luxury. Right. right. It was me and my mom. Yeah. And you know, as much as, as good as parents can be, there are certain things that you can't get from your parents. Right. right. And so um, being in football and team sports, um, having to make new friends constantly because I didn't maybe have that, that, that foundation from a brother, sister relationship at home. Um, thankfully like it forced me to do that and i got good at it, what i think is good right, right? so so I'm, I'm cool with meeting people but also in a sense from like a shifting to the sports aspect of things i don't really think that had a big effect on like how i approach sports sure um with golf specifically i think one of the reasons i'm so passionate about it and i love it so much isn't necessarily because of um the solo aspect of it because i love team sports i love team yeah. environments and i love helping others try to fulfill their their maximum potential for golf and me it's like i i describe it as golf is the unattainable pursuit of perfection yep so no matter how well you play that day there's always something you can be better at yeah. and golf is very humbling in the fact that yep. i can go shoot your best round ever and then next time you go out it's like you don't even know how to how to pick up a golf club so right. for me that's very intriguing and and kind of like energizes me yeah because i always have to be focused on committing to every single shot and giving my best because um for me it's like if i'm not out there to go perform the best typically unless i'm with some boys and we're you know the, object- yeah, yeah. the objective is drinking right, right. Um, if i'm not out there doing that then what what am i out there doing it for right mm. so um i don't know if that answers the question at all. no it's i mean it's perfect going that around. uh i that's a much more uh eloquent way to say like what i say about golf i say it's an unwinnable game yeah totally like and again, 
no matter what you do, like what's uh, what uh, was it? Jim Furyk that uh, shot a fifty nine on tour. Fifty eight. Fifty eight. Okay, so Sam corrected. <laughs> but if you talk to him. I guarantee he tells you, yeah, like, you know, had I had this putt or this putt, I would have shot a 56 or like a 57. And like, no matter, and again, you just, no matter what you do in golf, it's like, ah, but what if I would have had this as well? There's always something. There's always something. Yeah. So that, again, it's just a much nicer way of putting it than like I ever do. Yeah. I mean, well, I think for really ultra competitive people, intrinsically motivated people, yeah, um, golf or yeah, a lot of games, I guess games that require like the act of quote unquote winning or succeeding at it. Yeah. Um, and you can only do that like really by yourself. Yep. Golf is a really good outlet for those types of people because yeah. it, 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 like I said, it energizes them. They get intrigued, they get passionate, they get focused and they want to like continue to, to try to improve. So yeah. yeah. Is, good. is Ivy uh, an only child as well? Nope. So she has a sister two years younger than her, and then she has a very young brother who okay. is fifteen. Oh wow! So he was a uh, she was fourteen when he was born. He oh was, wow! Um, he was kind of an oops, but yeah, you know, the, the, <laughs> the they call him the miracle of, of their family, which he, he's he's a good kid, really good kid. So, That's cool. Yeah, I uh, I say that a lot, and so let's take this with a grain of salt. But I always say like, there's no way now that I could be with someone that's an only child, just like. There's some things that, like, you know, only children don't understand about, like, having a sibling. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's something about people who have had siblings that don't know what it's like to be an only child. Like, there's got to be something that's, like, different there. Is there anything that anyone's told you you're like, oh, it's weird that you do this because you're an only child? Or is it vice versa where you're like, oh, fucking siblings are weird because of this? No, I I think, if anything... Ivy always tells me, she's like, you never act like you're an only child. Okay. Um, And I think that's because I... I, I put, well, I don't know. Once again, I need to find the PC way of saying this. But my mom. This ne- is fucking escaping to my, me. My, like- <laughs> my mom never raised me as if I was an only child, right? Okay. Once again, talk about if you want to get into the stereotypes of an only child, sometimes yeah. they're spoiled. Sometimes they sure. have, a, have a silver spoon in their mouth or whatever. Um, we didn't have that luxury growing up, right? right? There was a lot of things like I had to pay for myself, or, you know, my mom pushed me to like go, go go have responsibility, go do things on your, go, go build something on your own, right. Uh, go work for something. And I think the foundational pillars of like responsibility and work ethic, if you can have those, um, a lot of times that kind of overrides the, maybe the stereotype, the sure. stereotypical behaviors of an only child. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's, I'm sure there's certain things, right. We're, we're all, not hundred percent self-aware. I'm sure right. there's things that I do that like, Oh yeah, it's maybe cause he's an only child. But on the flip side, um, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything crazy that people that have siblings, like things that they do with yeah. people that have siblings. I, I think it's great. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't change anything in my past. I think it's made me who I am today, but, sure. um, having sibling, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Right. And if you can have a solid relationship like Ivy and her sister, and their brother, they, you know, they all have kind of have different relationships together, but like Ivy and her sister, two years apart, they're best friends now. Yeah. And it, they have a beautiful relationship. And I love if, if you have that in your life, that's great. Yeah. That's absolutely. great. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anything that people with siblings does that it like kind of grinds my gears or whatever it may be. But, uh, um, yeah, it all, I don't know for me, it all comes down to relationships because even people with siblings, yeah, you can have a very toxic or or unhealthy relationship with your siblings or your family or whatever like yeah. everyone's everyone everyone has unique family dynamics that yeah are 
that we're all battling through or working through. And so at the end of the day, you can have a bunch of family or you can have no family, but the quality of your relationships in your life dictate, in my opinion, um, a lot of the quality of your, your life, in my opinion. Yeah. Is there, I mean, it sounds like just from this conversation that you have a fantastic mom, you know, did everything that she's supposed to do. And then some, Mm. it sounds like when I, when I hear you say you weren't raised like an only child, I think of like my own family, um, because like, you know, I was adopted by my dad. So because I was like legally adopted, I like my dad had as much custody over me as my mom Mm -hmm. and both of my parents like never used me or my sister as like pawns in their own scheme. Cause I feel like you see that with like divorce kids as well, where you go to dads and they're like, Oh yeah, well I got trouble in moms. And then dad goes like, well fuck that bitch. Like you, it's this is dad's house. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and it, so it can get ugly. Yeah. For like sure. parenting is such a wild time. Dude, fuck that. <laughs> like, it's good for you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah man, like you said though, my mom, she, I mean, without her, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be who I am today. She's, she sacrificed so much. She, she gave up a lot. Um, you know, you could say I was an oops. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, I think it, she, I don't know. She, she sacrificed so much that words can't even begin to describe sure. how thankful I am that she, you know, did the things that she did so that I could have the life that I did growing up. Um, right. you know, I think as, as I think more and more about my future as, as a dad and as a parent, you, you come to the realization of like, as a kid, you don't see everything that goes on that your parents are going through. Yep. And you do, as a parent, I think you want to, sh- you want to shield your kids from what they need to be shielded from. Yeah. Right. So I know there was many sleepless nights or you know, nights that she was stressing incredibly amount about finances and like, yep. how am I going to be able to put food on the table? And she, I know she, I mean, she's told me this. she cried, um, you know, a couple, couple of times when she legit didn't know how she was going to feed me and, and God provided and all worked out. Right. But those are things that I never knew until I was yeah. like 25 years old. Right? right. And, and that just, I think deepened my appreciation respect and, and love for, you know, everything that, that she did for me. Um, but parenting is, is, yeah, I can't just speaking from experience yeah, and yeah. talking <laughs> with people about it. Parenting is really challenging. Right. Yeah. And it's a scary thing to think about. Um, but you know, I think if you lead with love and, you know, once again, trying to set the right foundation for your kids, um, things, things will work out, right? Yeah. But also, you need to have a good support system too. I've found the been, you know, the right. value of that over the past eighteen months or so. Yeah, I think like it's got to be such a wild situation when like I hear the stories of kids that talk like, "Oh, my parents shared everything with me." It's like, yeah, but you're fucking crazy now. Like, <laughs> you say some shit that's like you shouldn't fucking say. Like, and like th- to that, it's. I don't understand, and I've never been a parent, so it's it's so easy to criticize and be on the outside of that. Yeah. But you know, kids shouldn't know everything. No, and, and at least right away, right? Like You're your just mom mentally not capable of handling and, and yes, processing it. Yes, and, and it's just so unfair to some extent, right? There are some things that like you need to know. There's some things that are like, hey, mom and dad aren't going to be together anymore. Like you can't not have that conversation. All of a sudden dad has a new house. Like you can't, you can't just like walk into that situation, never talk about it. Mm -hmm. But to some extent it's like, yeah, kids don't need to know all the craziness. And, and you know, like you said, you didn't know till 25 
maybe sometimes it is 25 and maybe sometimes it's 18. It's yep. like, you know, we, we talk about this later on or, mm-hmm. you know, but I felt like now is the time to like share this with you. Yeah. It's insane to think about parenting and like raising a child. Cause I feel like no one with like grows up with perfect. Right. No, but, but <laughs> we, also, all, we all have our own issues. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, oh, it's so wild. Like I was telling someone the other day that, uh, you know, we all like sit and talk cause, and, and I'm going to say this with a grain of salt, but, uh, everyone has anxiety and everyone has like depression. Everyone has, you know, or like his OCD or whatever. Right. Like, at, like it feels like so many people in the world have all these issues. And like, I thought about it. I'm like, do you think the Spartans ever woke up? And they're just like, I'm depressed today. It's like, yeah, bitch, we all are. <laughs> like, fucking, like, or like I have anxiety. Yeah, dude. Like how, like your brother is not here because he didn't like fit suit of how large a Spartan should be. Like, mm-hmm. It's so weird to think of the the dynamics that like history had and like how now like I just feel like we have such a cozy lifestyle. I don't know. We well, we won the lottery in a couple of aspects. Number one, we were born in America. Yes, uh, which we won the lottery. I don't care what anybody says. Same. Uh, two, we live in the if you're looking at in aggregate all of human civilization. Yep, we're in like the most the best, most prosperous, most progressive time period in human civilization. So I won the lottery in that aspect as well. Um, but d- to your point, like everyone has their issues and we need to recognize that number one, that there is hope yes. in whatever you're going through. Something that I learned, you know, going through the struggles that Ivy and I had last year with, with our miscarriages is like, you never know what somebody's going through. And everyone has their own issues. And there's definitely an element of like people need to be, in my opinion, need to be more open with what they are actually going through because social media to a certain extent, like everyone is puts on this. Well, not everybody. Some people put on this facade about what their life is and and go for clicks and likes, whatever it is. And look, that's fine. Um, But at the end of the day, if you don't have a good support system, you're not open about like what you're going through and you don't have anybody to vent to or talk through your issues or whatever it might be. Like life's going to be a lot more difficult that way. Yeah. And I think people need to be a lot more willing to open up and be transparent. Yep. Um, but also on the flip side, like we need to do our, our job as friends and, you know, significant others and brothers and sisters and whatever it might be of, of checking in on people, make sure they're okay. And being, being able to be that, that shoulder that they can lean on for those types of things. Because also I think a consequence of people not being open to talk about those things, people on the other side of that conversation, we don't know how to react to it. So everybody yeah. kind of shields away from it and it yep. doesn't want to have that conversation because we're scared to open up that can of worms because we don't know what it's going to give us and we don't know how to deal with it. So I don't know. It's, it's a very complex uh, nuance of society, but yep. I think life would be a lot better for a lot of people if we just kind of opened up and had like led with empathy and love, you yep. know? It's so it's so tough, right? Because like you scroll through Instagram, and or and I say Instagram just because it's ju- literally the visual, right? Like yeah. yep. Twitter for me is like the wild fucking west. Like everything goes on Twitter. Twitter is the best thing and the most stupid thing at the same time. Yes, yeah. Like I like I fucking love Twitter and it's I have awesome. for years. It's great. It's it's so good and awful at the same time. It's mm-hmm. it's perfect in, in my mind. Um, but like Instagram, you know, like everything is visual. Everything is, you know, it's, it's just right there for you to literally see. And it's just so 
fabricated, that's like frustrating. I like, totally. I, I don't, um, I get frustrated at people that like I know are like a hundred, like a hundred percent struggling. I've like talked to you and like had conversation, right? Like of uh, that reaching out or, or they reached out to me. Right. And I'm not opposed to you being happy. I, I'm glad, right. If you're struggling with something, but you had a really good day. Awesome. You probably needed that more than anyone, mm-hmm. but to sit there and then, you know, you like a cap, like you you have a smile or whatever. You're on a beach and then it's like, life is perfect. And it's like, fuck yourself. Like, no, <laughs> it's not like, it's not for anybody. Yes. I was about to say, it's like, like right now I'm in a, re- I'm in a really good spot. Do I have a lot of like stresses? Sure. Like I have a good job. I have great roommates. I get frustrated with shit that happens in the, like in the house, but no one's ever late on payments. Like it's, I've, I've good people around me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say life is perfect. Like yeah. that's just so silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's the society we live in, but I think one person at a time. Yes. Trying to, you know, whether it's, Hey, making a goal and this is actually something I've been thinking about and I need to actually take action on it and I'll just talk about it. But I do want to make a goal of like people that I reach out to on a monthly basis that I haven't talked to, right? Just check yeah. in on them, right? Because sure, everybody I'm going to reach out to isn't, you know, life isn't perfect for them, right? Yeah. So if there's any way I can support them and whatever they're going through, then great. That's going to make the world a slightly better place, yeah. right? So if people are willing to take that little step to, to try to be a help or be a value to somebody, um, but at the same time, you know, be real and, and try to figure out what they're going through, their own shit, for lack of a better term, yeah, yeah, yeah. then, uh, yeah, we can all be happier. But yeah. uh yeah, no, by and large, once again, we won the lottery. We were born yes. in America. We were born in 1990, whatever. And, you know, life could be a whole hell of a lot worse. So it's important to counter blessings as we are recognizing, you know, that life isn't perfect. And that we can, you know, find a way to, to improve it in one way, shape, or form. You seem like the type of person, just because you said, you know, you have a goal. And I don't know this for sure, just my own perception of you. You seem like the type of person, like, when you actually have a goal or you actually have something that you've thought of, it's not just a thought and you kind of let it go. I feel like you're the type of person to write that down. That's something that you, like, try to actively obtain. That's something, you know, or or the way you talked about with Ivy, like, raising your daughter, you know, oh, we have, like, these core principles that we're, like, trying to, like, raise her by. Are you that type of person that, like, unless it's written down or, like, unless it's, like, you know, set, it doesn't actually exist? Um, you know, when it comes to written, very objective, like measurable goals, um, it's actually something I've struggled with as of late Mm -hmm. uh, because I I think when you are trying to figure out where your goals are, they need to be helping you get closer to the overall quote unquote objective, right? Right. Typically, right? Right. Not not in all circumstances, but you know, at the end of the day, if you, you, I think you should have goals that align with like where you want your life to be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. Yeah. But that's a really hard thing to reverse engineer. Yep. Trying to figure out where you want to be in 20 years. That's actually a really thought provoking conversation you need to have in your head. Yep. It's not as easy as saying, Hey, I want a net worth of, you know, four and a half million by the time I'm 40. And I want to have this kind of house and I want to have this many kids. Um, it's in my opinion and this is why because it's easy like you figure out as you progress in your career there's a lot of money out there yeah and if you want it you can go get it right and money helps increase the quality of your life in my opinion 
but it's not everything. Sure. Because in the year that I made the most money in, in my entire life was the year that I was going through the most shit in my life. And yeah. if you asked me, hey, like, you made, oh, you made X, Y, and Z money. Um, you know, life was great. It's like, no, it, it actually wasn't. Yeah. Right. So I, I definitely subscribe to the um, money doesn't buy happiness, but it can sure help. Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but, where I'm going with this is like a lot of times when people envision their goals or where they want to be in life, a lot of it has to revolve around money. Yeah. And yes, money can help you get to certain places in your life to, but money is a resource at the end of the day. And what you do with your money is the most important thing. So instead of saying, Hey, in 20 years, I want to have a big house and cars and kids. And you know, I want to retire by X, Y, and Z age. Maybe it's like, Hey, I want to be able to, um, you know, have my kids college paid for. Right. Have yeah. that money set aside to, to pay for that. Right. Cause there, there's a, a value attached to what that money is going to do for somebody's life. Or right. I want to be able to, to donate X amount of charity by this, right. By right. this time in my life. And if you can set those goals that are going to impact people's lives or, um, have goals around the types of relationships you have. And if there is a way to really measure that, I don't really know. I'm just talking out loud. Yeah. But if you can, if you can think about things that are going to impact people's lives, typically the money and all that stuff, if you can do those things you just listed, that will take the money stuff will take care of itself. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but kind of wrapping a bow on, on this thought 20 years from now, thinking about where you want to be, that's a really hard thing to figure out in five minutes yeah, or 50 minutes or five weeks sometimes. Right. Yeah. And so that's for 100%. me over the past year, as I've just kind of like reevaluating my life and like what I want out of life and how I want to impact and like provide and, and, you know, have good relationships, figuring out what that goal or what those goals are going to be is actually pretty difficult for me. Right. And it's something I've been struggling with. So to your point, like, yes, if I do have a pretty clear cut goal in my head, like, yes, I'm gonna go get it. But I've actually struggled recently. It's like trying to figure out what that goal really should be. So it's not even like the, the effect of like writing down a goal. It's actually like like pursuing what goals you should be attaining. Exactly. Yeah. Like what, what, what do I want in my life? Cause I know at a yeah. high level, like I want to be financially secure. Sure. I want my kids to know that I love them. Right. I want my wife to know that I love her and have a good solid relationship with her. Um, and I want my family to, to, I want to be able to support my family in any way that I can and friends in any way that I can. But yeah. How, how, what, what kind of goal do you set to that? Right. right. Like that's all that's a it's a big thought or it's a grandiose thought. And it's very it's very subjective, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You know. So how do you measure that? Because goals need to be measurable. Yes. Um so how, how do you see, measure that? See that's like I think that's like what like the type of stuff I was like thinking of is like you seem very much like a smart goals type person, like you know, it's gotta be uh specific, measurable, yeah. you know, like all, all of that stuff like wrapped in, like I feel like that's like your personality. That's yeah. the type of stuff that you know, if you have a goal, it's like, okay, then that's you know worth doing but like in, in the aspect of like reaching out to a buddy right mm -hmm. there's no like I, I feel like if you were to just like try to check a box it's probably like the least effective way to do a totally. subjective goal right totally it's like yeah i called this guy we talked for five minutes but i also don't i shouldn't say should like i don't care but it's like yeah but if you called for five minutes and you just checked the box it's like oh i actually don't care about what they're going through totally. i care that i set a goal I checked a box. So technically on paper, like I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to that point. So for me, at least the way that my brain operates, yeah, because that is something, and especially with like the loss that we, we, as in like us Lambda Chi brothers have right. experienced this year alone, yeah. that 
that puts a lot of things in perspective of like, damn, like I don't know if I'm going to see some of these people again. Right. So I need to reach out for me though. I need to set a specific number to that. Like, yes, yes I know I need to do that. I want to do that. It right. is genuine in, in my heart that I want to yes. go do that. Unless I set a number to that though. Right. I'm not just going to, you know, reach out sporadically. It's like, Hey, I need to reach out to four people this month that I haven't talked to in, in the previous three months or six months. And I think that's a fair way to like, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's a very fair way to like assess it. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't say four people sure. because I'm trying to like check that box, but it's like, okay, so I set apart, you know, an hour of my Sunday mm-hmm. and maybe the conversation doesn't take that long. Maybe one conversation takes longer, mm-hmm. but it's like, I like, that's a very obtainable, but yet a very, um, Still, like, it can still be heartfelt, right? Yep. Because you're allowing yourself that time to say, I set this time for you. I just called to see what's up, mm-hmm. what's happening with, like, in your life. I yeah. think that's a very – or and, and I know you may have just said that as in, like, a, a throwaway for people this month or whatever. But, like, okay. that's a fair way to assess that to say, yeah, I'm going to reach out because I wanted to reach out. I didn't do that as in, like, a, you know, check mark, but also to keep myself accountable. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But but you're totally right. It has to has to come from a place of of of, of genuineness. Yeah. Uh, is that a word? Genuineness? I don't know. I mean, sure, whatever. Checks out. Um, checks out. <laughs> uh, but it needs to come from that foundation of of being genuine uh, yeah. to to have an impact. Or even you're right because I could do that all year long. But if I don't care, then what good does that do anybody? Right. What is something that you're doing? Granted, three and a half weeks into being a dad. You're probably not super high on hobbies currently. <laughs> probably very like, okay, let's try to set this. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. this is what it's like being a dad. You, you know, but what are some things that intrigue you? So, for example, something that really, um, and, and I've, been, I've truly been like trying to figure this out and try to try to um, do this for lack of a better term. I want to learn sign language. Hmm. Something that's like really interests me. For no real reason. I don't I, I've had maybe two interactions with someone that's deaf in my life. Mm-hmm. But like that's something that intrigues me. Is there anything like in your life right now that you're like, this is something that's super interesting to me that you're trying to learn or trying to obtain? Um, in the near term, nothing really. I, right. I know that this talk about something I one of the reasons that I need to write specific goals down is right. because um, one of them that I am just got off lot is reading. Like I am so Same. bad at reading. I These prefer books to... right next to my bed or decoration. I was like, I, I've got yeah. like four books that I said I want to read. I bought those like three months ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife would say the same exact thing about books on my nightstand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but audiobooks are a lot easier for me to consume. Right. And I'll still count that as, you know, comprehending or, or ingesting a book. Right. Sure. Um, I need to do better at that. I'm way behind pace on my goal this year for the amount of audiobooks I wanted to complete. Right. Um, so I say that because that'll probably make me feel a little bit more. I'll need to hold myself a little bit more accountable to that goal. Cause I've said out loud to, you know, the millions of people that are listening to this podcast. Dude, it's a worldwide audience. Worldwide. Baby. Um, <laughs> but I, something long-term that I'm really looking forward to is the, uh, preschool or, you know, the, the school that we'll send Willa to all the way up to like pre-care or whatever. They teach Spanish as like, it's like mandatory oh, as, as a secondary language. Yeah. And so I think that'll force me to like, I want to be a part of that and I want to share that with her. So as she's going through that, I want to learn Spanish as well. Right. Um, So that's something, nothing in the near term because she won't be talking for quite some time. Um, But uh, that's something I'm looking forward to, to learning. 
Yeah, that's super cool. I uh, it's so like it's so bad because like even in my job right now, every single day that I sit down at my desk, and I go to like type out an email, I get so pissed off that I never took like typing class seriously. Mm. Like just in a computer class, they had like the keyboard condom, like you can't see yep, like the other yep. shit. It's like, <laughs> fuck, why didn't I take that seriously? So like, I hope you know. Just if it's starting from like the beginning, it's perfect, right? Because especially so young, like yeah. you just pick up on shit so so fast. Not yeah. saying that like as human beings we can pick up on that stuff, but as a child, oh my god, yeah, I know it's, it's insane. She's gonna be way more advanced, way quicker than I am. I feel like, yeah, so I need to, I need to step on my game for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great, Marcus. I appreciate it, man. This was a really fun time. I, I hope we get to you know talk some more in the future and stuff. I. Uh, it was funny because uh, Rob reached out and was like, yeah, man, like you should do a podcast with everyone that's in like Dallas, like over Zoom. And I'm like, I just don't want to. Like, I, I want this in person. It's, you know, great to see your face, hear your voice. And, you know, again, do this in person is like the best part of this. So. Hey, well, been a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's really cool. I've listened to quite a number of your episodes with people. Yeah. I was actually listening to on the uh, um, on the drive over here, uh, Hooven's episode. Oh, nice. uh, that was on my on my to do list of, of episodes to listen to. Yep. So uh, he's a great guy, and you've had a lot of really really fun people on. So I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Guys, this is another episode of Escaping Tyranny. I uh, love you guys. Remember, go down on your partner, and the earth is flat. Cheers. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie. I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway. I could care less if you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket.